This is Holly Grimaldi Flores, and you are listening to Holograms, often inspiring, occasionally funny, and sometimes poignant tales to help you through the job of day-to-day living. It's about love, family, health, and community, a slice of life in 10 minutes or less. The voter information guide arrived in the mail, and my ballot arrived shortly after it. I was surprised at how many candidates and propositions I was unsure of. I had attended several forums and meet the candidate events and had made my decision in several of the contests, but had a bit of research to do before deciding on others. It was exciting to see so many contested races. People are indeed stepping up. Now it's up to us to decide who we want in office. In the past, I would say there have been a substantial number of people who could not be bothered to fill out a ballot. That's a sad statement to make, but blatantly true. There are too many who don't care enough to vote, and there are too many who don't believe their vote matters. That's a shame. After years of chastising folks for not taking the time to vote, I must admit to a bit of hypocrisy on my part. I did not cast a ballot in a special election held a couple years ago. In my defense, I'm a firm believer that the only thing worse than not voting is voting in ignorance. There were five candidates. I simply didn't do the work. Certainly, it's reasonable to have taken the time to research the candidates and cast my ballot, but I did not. If I'm being completely honest, it's that the political landscape had worn me down. I'm not proud of that fact. I could not muster the energy to do the work to make an informed decision. I believe the term is voter fatigue, but is that me giving away what little power I have in the process? I do carry a bit of shame around my apathy. I vowed to do my due diligence and cast my informed vote this November. I'm not ready to give up my right to vote, so I had better exercise it. My eldest and I went to see the incredible production that is Hamilton at the Orpheum Theater in San Francisco last year. It was an early birthday present to my firstborn, who has a degree in theater from the University of California, Santa Barbara, and who spent five years living in New York City while Hamilton dominated the Tony Awards, broke attendance records, and commanded ticket prices far beyond our reach. It was a genuine pleasure to give the tickets as a gift and an even greater joy to attend together. I've been listening to the soundtrack ever since. It's not lost on me that this incredible, brilliant play is about the fight for freedom from tyranny and the battles that took place to ensure many of the liberties we enjoy today. Our flawed founding fathers fought across party lines, debated issues, and did the best they could to establish a new form of government. As said by the man who ultimately killed Hamilton, The Constitution is a mess. It's full of contradictions. To which Hamilton replied, So is independence. We have to start somewhere. The play sings and dances its way through the American Revolution and the first three presidents. There is strife and discourse. These were flawed men doing what they believed to be right for the greater good. It is fabulous. We left the affluent at the Orpheum and began walking back to our hotel, which was just a few blocks away. Within minutes, we left opulence behind and found ourselves amid the homeless, the mentally ill homeless, and the drug-addicted homeless. The extremely poor were curled up in doorways under tarps pitched along the sidewalk. I immediately realized we had made an error in judgment, but rather than turn back, forged ahead, nodding politely as we walked around those who had claimed the sidewalk for their bed. We suddenly found ourselves silent as we saw what appeared to be heavily drugged humans and moved a bit quicker to get by some who were obviously suffering from delusion. It was a bit terrifying, but much more heart-wrenching. We turned the corner that would take us back to our hotel and just as quickly were back into an environment of the privileged. 
We walked by both protesters and supporters of one of the Democratic presidential candidates who happened to be speaking at a caucus held at the same place we were staying. I wondered if they had any notion of those suffering to survive less than two blocks away. It was not lost on us that in the span of less than a 10-minute walk, we had seen the highs and lows of the result of the actions and inactions of those we trust to lead us. The next couple of weeks are go time. It's vital that you cast your ballot, but I have to say the one thing worse to me than not voting at all is voting in ignorance. Here are a few pitfalls to avoid when voting. Voting for gender. Certainly there is a cry across the nation for women and minorities to stand up and run for office. I am thrilled. However, gender or race alone does not either qualify nor disqualify a person for the position they seek. A candidate needs to earn votes on their own merit, regardless of gender or race. In other words, they must know their stuff. Voting the straight party line. Does anything really need to be said here? Partisanship is crippling the judicial system. It's worth your time to find out which propositions and candidates individually speak to your own ideals. Voting for the incumbent just because they are the incumbent. This is simple. If you're happy with the way things have been going in a particular arena and you have the option of reelecting who is making that happen, do so. But if you are only voting for someone because they already have the job, take a moment to consider what new energy and a new viewpoint might do. And if you're not happy with the way things have been going and there is another candidate who seems to align with your principles and values, consider voting for them. Voting for the most familiar name. If you are checking the boxes on your ballot and the only reason you're making a check where you are is because it's the only name you recognize, please put down your pen. Take a few minutes and find out what the candidate stands for. Does it align with what you stand for? Vote accordingly. Voting exactly the way a spouse, friend, or organization is voting. This one might be a bit of a grayer area. I would say if you trust the source and agree with them on most issues, it is far from the worst case. Having said that, while gathering enough information to form your own opinion is ideal, relying on trusted advisors is a close second. I speak to each of these pitfalls because I can honestly say I've been guilty of all of them in one election or another in my nearly 40 years of eligibility. I include not voting at all. I admit there was a time when I was a lazy voter. When I was young, I thought just showing up was enough. It's embarrassing to admit how many times I've been guilty of each of those strategies. As I matured, I began to take the right to vote a bit more seriously. I believe one vote can make a difference, and I believe it is worth our time and attention to understand what's at stake and who is asking to represent us before casting that vote. While the national elections are seemingly decided before we Californians even cast a vote, the same cannot be said for our local races. Moreover, we're lucky enough to live in a community where we know we will cross paths with our civic leaders regularly. We see them at functions, at local restaurants, in church, at the gas station, and if you're so inclined, at public meetings fulfilling their responsibility. Each of our supervisors, council people, sheriff, and district attorney are all accessible and visible. Who we elect into office will have our ear and, I sincerely believe, our best interest at heart. Having a say in who those leaders and policymakers are is a right that was fought for long and hard and one we should not take for granted today. I cannot complain if I do not exercise my right to vote, and I cannot give up on a system that so many fought and died to give me the right to do so, be it flawed and full of contradiction. If I want to see change that might help those we passed on our way home from a night at the theater, I need to make a concerted effort to vote for those who are like-minded. It is a little bit more effort than checking a box and dropping a ballot into a box. The process deserves attention, time, and effort. 
I would not want to go back to the days before democracy, so I need to do what I can to preserve it. I'm not throwing away my shot. Be sure to cast your ballot by 8 p.m. November 3rd. Even if your propositions or candidates lose, it affords you the right to complain about all that is not as you think it should be until those terms are up. Many of these essays were previously published in the Family Focus section of the Union newspaper, a division of Swift Communications. The podcasts are recorded at KNCO Studios, owned by Nevada County Broadcasters in Grass Valley, California.